Welcome to the Sound Advice Podcast, a resource for entrepreneurs and small businesses looking for honest insights and go-to strategies for digital marketing. I'm Kelvin, and my wife Phyllis, Hey. and I will share what's working, what's changing, and how to navigate the sometimes unpredictable world of business ownership. Yes, we're experts at figuring things out, well, figuring them out eventually, and we're here to share it all the good, the bad, and the stuff we've learned about working at home together every day, all day. So let's jump in. Today on the podcast, we have a great guest that I've been looking forward to this interview. She's got great information to share and you're really going to enjoy it. She's the founder of a PR and digital marketing agency that supports individuals and organizations that are giving voice to big ideas. And she's really good at doing this. She works with small businesses and people who are experts in the thought leaders in their field that are looking to do more than just get their message out to the world. She works with people that are looking to build a community around the work that they're doing. And I know many of our listeners are doing that as well. So you're going to love what she's got to share with us. Her specialty is in positioning. She just has a great knack for finding the special sauce that's going to really resonate with the audience her client is trying to connect with. And it helps them have different conversations than their competition. It really sets them apart. So join me in welcoming Bridget Lyons to the podcast. So Bridget, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh my gosh, Phyllis. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, we, I've been really anxious to talk to you because so many of our podcasters and people who are interested in podcasting or already podcasting really are looking, obviously the next step after that is about building an audience. And one of the ways that are recommended and one of the ways we've seen work really well is to get some media exposure. Some of that is possibly on other people's podcasts and being a guest um, and other types of things in um, earned media. And I know that that's something you have a little bit of expertise about. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to bring you on. But before we kind of jump into some how-to stuff, why don't you, just for people who might not be SPR savvy, and, and I wasn't real PR savvy either. I had to learn some of this in the last couple of years. What is it earned media? And can you kind of explain to people what that is so they understand that phrase? Yeah, absolutely. So when we use the term earned media, it helps to think of it in context of paid media, which is the opposite. And paid media is any sort of media that you have to buy, that you pay for. So usually advertising and these days often influencer marketing, right? A lot of those things that you see people on like Instagram promoting are paid media. And so when you think about that as kind of a baseline, earned media then is all of the media that you earn because somebody decides that they're gonna cover you and you don't have to pay for it. And I think that distinction is really useful because when you're thinking about what it is and why it's valuable, the reason it's so valuable is because people trust earned media so much more. So not only do you not have to pay thousands of dollars in advertising expenses to get it, but it's actually more trustworthy and it feels like an endorsement. So whether you're in a roundup of the top 10 business podcasters, you know, that's um, listed in something like Entrepreneur, or you're brought onto someone's show, the audience of those things are much more likely to trust you than they are to trust an ad. Oh, right. Absolutely. Okay. That, and that was a great explanation. So thank you for that. Now, 
One of the things that you mentioned, I love that you mentioned the roundup post. So can you tell people how do the, I guess the creators of those kinds of posts come up with that information? Obviously they're probably doing some of their own research, but if I wanted to suggest one of my clients, for example, be part of a roundup or something, how might I go about doing that? Yeah. Well, uh, generally speaking, when somebody starts to put together a roundup post, so let's say I'm going to do a roundup of podcasters for the first time they tend to go to the same sorts of sources that you and I would go if we're looking for the information. In other words, they're Googling it, right? They're trying to see what are the top shows in that space. So they might pull people who have been featured in other roundups. They're also probably asking for referrals. So they might go into Facebook or there's a free PR resource called Help a Reporter. And they'll go there and they'll ask people to recommend things for them. And then they'll do some research and they'll share what they're listening. And generally speaking, on that first round of getting into something, it can be sort of tricky. And what I like to recommend to people when you want to do a roundup is the best way to do it is find someone who's already done a roundup before and offer them up a suggestion of another one they can do. So content creators, which is what these folks are, right? They're content creators, really like doing roundups because it doesn't take them a lot of effort to put together and they tend to be pretty viral. So it's in their interest to do another one. So I use the example of a business Let's say there's a roundup of business podcasts. Well, one of the things you could go do to somebody who wrote something like that is say, you know what? I love this business roundup. I found a podcast there that I listen to religiously. You know, have you ever thought about doing one on female entrepreneurs or something like that? So you can suggest another topic and then say, you know, if you ever wanted to do something like that, I would be happy to be a resource for you. I have my own podcast. Mm -hmm. I could suggest some other ones to get you started. And it really is as simple as that. Um, But whenever I'm doing PR outreach, generally speaking, what you're trying to do is find somebody who's doing the thing already. (laughs) Don't try to find somebody that's um, starting from scratch. Find somebody who's doing the thing. So somebody who's writing these roundups and just suggest a new one because if they did one, they're probably going to be interested in doing a second. Okay. Oh, that was a fantastic (laughs) tip. And so thank you for that. And Thank you for explaining. Even just some of the wording that you just shared with us is gold. I'm going to go back and listen to this and sort of write that down because obviously I'm going to touch on a couple of things because I think, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like obviously you're, when you're reaching out, one of the things that you mentioned is that you, you, you listened and you let them know like what you found helpful, what you found useful. And the fact that you aren't just reaching out, but you've actually read some of their content, you've actually engaged with it, and you found something useful and it's relevant. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the people on the other end of these, basically their pitches, right? A pitch is an email you write to suggest your topic to Mm-hmm. a journalist, a content creator, a podcast, what have you, right? And just when you think about what kind of emails you like to receive, right? The people on the other end of these are humans just like you are. So they like receiving compliments. They like hearing that their work moved you. And so you just, if you think a little bit about that from an empathetic perspective of, well, what kind of emails make me feel good? Generally speaking, it's things that are being pretty specific in in complimenting somebody's work. So a general, you know, we've all gotten those template emails of like, I love your content. I'd love to pay you to put a link in or whatever, right? Like general compliments are lame. Don't use them. Be very specific. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so you want to make somebody feel really heard and listened to. And then the other thing I would say about that is just you want to be really short and to the point and direct, right? So come out and don't beat around the bush. I had a client who's an amazing networker, Phyllis, but one of the things that she would do is 
she would really beat around the bush when it came to making a hard ask. And so instead okay. of saying, you know, I'd love to suggest a roundup to you or I'd love to be on your podcast, she would go through this whole long thing about how they could connect. And it's like, nobody's got time for that. Just tell them, <laughs> just tell them what you want up front so they can say yes or no back to you. Right. Well, and that's good advice because for many people and our listeners, if it's not something you've done before, you might be a little more hesitant or you might want to sort of, I know a lot of times we talk about this in just offers in general, right? Sometimes we want people to infer what we mean. <laughs> we want to sort of hint around it and then hope they like pick it up, right? So I like your suggestion just to be specific and be direct. And obviously all of that you didn't really say, but I don't think you need to is obviously being very sincere and genuine, right? So you don't want to say like, I've listened to your podcast. And if you haven't, (laughs) you want to really have like some context that you can bring. So the person on the receiving end of that, I love that point about feeling heard, right? So they've been acknowledged for the work that they do or the content that they've created. Yeah, totally. When you're talking, I'm thinking about your show, Phyllis, and like if somebody is going to reach out to you, you know, it's like, this idea too of like, what episode have you listened to? What do they really like about your show? Like, again, just that kind of being specific. And then it it feels uh-huh. really good. But the other point I want to make there is if you're not direct, you run a business. You don't just run a podcast. And so somebody doesn't say, I'd like to be in a guest on your podcast. You might not actually have any clue <laughs> what their email's about. And I have some clients that have really big podcasts and sometimes I'll get pitches that are meant for them. So I don't run their podcast, but I do their PR work. And sometimes I have to read these emails like four times before I realize like, oh, they're pitching the podcast. That's what this email is about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's okay. That's great to know though, right? So be be specific and be direct. Okay. So we've been talking about podcasting, obviously. But And before we move on to that, because I do want to talk about really uh, one of the core strategies, which is being booked on other people's podcasts, right? Which would be a, a nice form of earned media and exposure. So let's talk a little bit, though, about just podcasting in general, kind of what you're seeing in with your clients, the interest level, perhaps, and what you're seeing as far as results go. Are you talking about being on podcasts or hosting a podcast? Being yeah. A podcast. No, like being a guest on a podcast. Yeah. Well, I think that podcasting is right now one of the number one forms of media if you are running a business. I mean, I have been in the PR business for a long time. I've been running my own agency for eight years. I've worked with CNN. I've worked with Bloomberg, Today.com, like really big media. And if you are a business owner who is looking for anything like building awareness or actually generating leads and customers, podcasts right now, is that is the place to be. And the reason for that is all of this stuff, why you might want to start a podcast, it's the same thing. Podcast listeners are highly engaged. They're much more engaged than somebody who sees, you know, a link from hbr.com, right? Harvard Business Review, which might have huge prestige. Right. Let's say it comes in your LinkedIn, your Facebook. Maybe you're interested and you click it over. How many minutes are you even going to spend? Two minutes engaging with that content? Maybe, but the average podcast listener actually listens to the entire episode. So even people with hour-long episodes have, it's like 80% of people who listen to it start to finish. And so podcast listeners are incredibly engaged and they're also able to go and get niche content. 
And so instead of doing a mass market approach where you're really hoping right. to reach exactly the audience you want to bring into your business, with a podcast, you can go and find, you know, 10 podcasters who speak specifically about the things you want to talk about to the audience that you're looking to reach. And so it can be a very targeted approach. So to me, there is right now nothing better out there than podcasting when you're running a business for building that business. Great. You made some great points there. And I'm going to circle back to that in just a second. But I want to talk about because right now we're talking about being booked on maybe other people's podcasts. And we know as I know as podcast, somebody who has an my podcast, and I help other clients with their their podcasts that we have found that's one of the best strategies to help grow the audience overall, right? We find that there are some trends and people that listen to podcasts are open to listening to new podcasts, number one. Your statistic about listening to the whole podcast is right on target. And also, I, I kind of find that I, I love it. I mean, I listen to the podcast all the time. I always listen to the end. But I was I really didn't know for sure if that stat would hold, but it does. Most people do listen to the entire thing, which is really cool. Let's talk about repurposing though. So let's say I've been on a really cool podcast. I pitch somebody and they're like, yes, Phyllis, we'd love to have you on. I do a nice interview with them. It comes out in a few weeks, you know, whatever, whenever later. So now other than obviously I'll promote that podcast and express gratitude and make sure that the host knows I, you know, I really appreciated the opportunity. But what else can I do to be able to use that piece, sort of piece of media and really leverage it? Yeah. So when I think about doing media, I think of sort of three buckets. One is just building brand awareness and reaching more people with your message. And so part of that is just being on the show. Part of that is how you promote it. But another thing you can do after the fact that helps build brand awareness is I know some people who will actually use their media mentions in their ad campaigns to lend social proof and things like that to the ad or even target. Like if the person you are on has a big enough audience, target their audience with an ad message that mentions that you've been on their podcast or in their media. So building engagement, you know, seeing how you can leverage that to build more. But the other two things that they do, I think, are the things that people tend to downplay. Another one of those really is the social proof thing that I just said. So, you uh -huh. know... Being on earned media of any sort really is like getting an endorsement. And so right. like I've noticed on your website, you know, you have media logos <laughs> on your website. And that is the number one thing of you can say, you know, as seen in and list some of the podcasts or other media that you've been in. And also when you're sharing that kind of stuff on social media and even in your own email list or blog, if you're interested in doing that. I don't think I can overstate the engagement that you'll get in terms of spurring word of mouth with those things. So it'll help those people who are already engaging with you know, like, and trust you just that little bit more, right? Help you get down <laughs> a little right? bit further. But it also is an amazing generator for word of mouth. So if you know you hear that somebody that you like and that you follow and that you trust has been in any sort of media, so if they've been in a podcast then you want to share that because honestly, if I'm a fan of your show and your show has been endorsed by somebody else, that looks good to me, right? It makes me look really right. smart. So of course I want to show right. and talk about what I'm a, fa a fan of it. I am. And this is where PR can sometimes be really hard to measure because sometimes it's a forward and you don't get to see that. Sometimes somebody shares uh -huh. it on their own Twitter profile or LinkedIn or what have you, and you do, but that is a huge piece of it. And then the last thing actually that I would say that 
that this kind of thing can do for you that almost nobody thinks about is in the sales pipeline. So let's say that you have a sales lead that has kind of gone cold. You can actually reach out to them with your interviews and say, hey, I know we've been touch base for a while. I actually just had an interview about one of those points you're talking about, thought you might wanna take a listen. And use that as a piece in your sales pipeline to keep a lead warm or even close a deal. Sometimes when I'm talking to a new business lead and they're asking about something, if I have a podcast interview that I've done, or you know a client for me, what I'm doing, but even one that I've done where I've said, you know what, we were just talking about this issue in our call. I actually did a whole podcast interview on this. If you want to get more perspective, go check it out. Whether or not they actually listen to it almost doesn't matter because what you're doing there is giving them a piece of proof that you were endorsed by third parties. And that is so powerful. So I think that people tend to think about media mostly about awareness, but where I always try to encourage my clients is how can you use your media actually to close deals? Wow, that is such a great tip and so relevant. Yeah, that's amazing. I can, I will admit, I don't know that I would have thought about it in quite that way. Although, yeah, my, my husband's in, <laughs> my husband's in sales, so we <laughs> we talk about these yeah. things a lot and and just how often public relations really does feel like you know, we're pitching, we're doing all these sorts of things. We do cold pitches just like salespeople do, right? So we talk a lot about sure. the things our work has in common. And I think that's been a huge benefit to me in, in this kind of way. Yeah, no, that's excellent. That's such a good tip uh, for any listener. If you, this is such, that's a great tip for really any kind of um, media that you have there, right? To be able to reference and say, hey, or I did a guest post somewhere or something like that if you haven't been on a podcast. Let's just talk then about getting booked on podcasts. I know that you help your clients do that. Can you give us just, you really kind of just have given us a couple of really good tips already, but can you give us one or two go-to strategies that someone who's listening might be able to easily implement to help them get on a couple of podcasts and raise their profile? Yeah. So I think that there's two things that if you get these right, no matter what your email looks like, you're not going to go wrong. So that's what I thought I would share with you today. No, yeah, great. really what you want to make sure you're doing with a pitch is sort of two things. One is that you're reaching out to the right person who has a really good fit. And so one tip that I would have is the first thing you want to do is try to figure out what podcast you actually want to be on, who is out there speaking to your audience. One of the things that you could do to make that really simple is actually reach out to your colleagues and say, have you been on any podcast lately that you think I should go on? Would you make a referral or can you point me in the right direction? Another thing you could do is just look up where your competitors have been because if your competitors have been interviewed, it's likely that they want to have you there too. So really quickly, just come up with a couple of different podcasts that you think that would make sense. And the reason this is important is because what you basically want to do whenever you're pitching yourself is making it super easy for them to say yes. And what I see right. is that too many people think first, oh my gosh, what am I going to say in a podcast without thinking, well, who am I speaking to? <laughs> and what you're going to say is always going to be specific to who you're speaking to. So once you've figured out you know, who it is you want to reach out to, then really it's about thinking about what would your episode be about? What's my concept? And when you have that right mix of the right concept for the right podcast, it's really magic. It's like alchemy that comes together to, <laughs> to make it work. And so when I think about the different kinds of podcasts, you know, everything from a productivity show to we just had a client episode come out on Mixergy, right? Those are two very different shows. Yeah. Like one is going to talk about your personal habits, how it is that you run your business, work-life balance, those things. A show like Mixergy is going to be like, what are your numbers, right? And so if 
Right. If I'm coming up with an idea before I figure out who I'm reaching out to, then my idea could be very off-based. And then it all goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning, which is just like putting those things together in an email. So if, if you have those two pieces, I know who I want to reach out to. I've done my research to see what they're interested in, and I've come up with a rock-solid episode concept for them. You really can't go wrong. That's great. Yeah, that's super helpful. And I think the competitor, our researching competitor tip is very helpful. Sometimes I think maybe we forget a little bit that there's a common interest, right? And that we're both trying to, we're talking to similar audiences, mm-hmm. which is a really easy way to kind of figure that out a little yep, bit. Yep, exactly. And, you know, I think a lot of people say like, oh my gosh, my competitor had all this press here and they get discouraged. Like, oh, they took my spot, <laughs> you know? But if somebody is doing a podcast and they're doing a weekly show and they have to produce 52 episodes, you think like one competitor taking that spot means there's no space for you? That's crazy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a great way to look at it too. A great way to reframe it, right? If they've already, if they've done one, then they're going to want to do exactly. others. So why don't you, as we wrap up here, I know that you've got loads of great examples. You and I have talked about this before privately, but just share one quick little story about one of your clients' success stories, something that our listeners could relate to. Oh my gosh. I have to tell you about my amazing client, Jenny Nash. She is a book coach and she has a startup now called Author Accelerator where she's trained up other book coaches. So she helps people get their books over the finish line, right? And okay. Jenny is just like absolutely amazing. I mean, she's one of those dream people to work with where she was a writer in her own past. She's just so interesting. I love Jenny. But the reason I wanted to talk about her is because the results that she got, I think, are perfectly exemplary of how I think about podcast results now. So a lot of people think about, you know, how much traffic am I going to get from this media? And media results, honestly, the traffic can be so variable, and it's really hard to know in advance. And I think it's a, a tough measure. But what Jenny ended up getting is we had an initial podcast booking with her. She had said, you know what, Bridget, I'm really busy. I don't want to do more than 10 podcast interviews for what you do. I think we ended up in that first round doing nine at the time these results came in. I think some came in later. And three of the hosts that interviewed her actually hired her afterwards to be the book coach. Um, One of them, so she was on Mark Dawson's self-publishing formula. So the co-host of that show decided that he was going to sign up for with her book coaches at Author Accelerator and blog about his results using them to talk about um, writing his own book. And those blog posts have been really positive. And then they came back and they, they have a program that they offer. And Jenny is one of the instructors in their program now. So, wow. yeah. And so, I mean, I should do the disclaimer of like these results aren't typical. And while <laughs> while having like a third of the people like actually hire you immediately, but like what is typical is I think that one of the great things about podcasting is that you can definitely get new business leads and have people listening and, and come up and, and sign up, right? I have a software client and they get a lot of free trials from theirs. So, you know, there's a lot of that. But I think that one of the things that people also overlook about podcasts that are like all the doors and the relationship building, right? You could go to a conference yes. and try to make a bunch of connections, or you can sit at your home with a microphone, talk to somebody about something really interesting to you for 45 minutes and have all of these kinds of opportunities come your way. 
Right. Yeah, that's such a great example. Wow, and I'm going to have to look Jenny up. She sounds like a pretty interesting... She's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, as we wrap up, I know our listeners are going to want to know how to connect with you. So you can reach Bridget, and we'll have all of this in the show notes as well. But you can reach Bridget at her website, which is Mm BridgetLyons.com. And I also want to let our listeners know that Bridget has a course that walks you through this very, it's very specific to podcast pitching, correct? Or, or I'm not probably explaining that. Yes, it is. It is completely focused on teaching you how to get booked on other people's podcasts. Excellent. Okay. So, um, and so Bridget was generous enough. She has a special offer for that course. That's going to be at bridgetlyons.com slash sound advice. Um, again, we'll put all this in the show notes. There's a lot of great information. I, the course content I know is, is incredibly valuable and helpful as is Bridget always. So be sure and connect with her. And what's your favorite social media? Where should people reach out to you on social media if they're that uh, inclined to do You know what? I have lately been experimenting with LinkedIn and I'm kind of obsessed with it. So. (laughs) Ah, nice. Yeah, that's probably the spot at the moment. Okay. Well, you've heard it, people. So if you want to connect with Bridget, make sure you go to LinkedIn, let her know that you heard her on the podcast and connect with her there and look at all the great information that she's sharing there. So thanks so much, Bridget. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sound Advice Podcast. Be sure to visit soundadvicesales.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. If you love this episode of the Sound Advice Podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.